Weather's good, isn't it? It's good for the time of year, don't you think? All the English people are amazed to be getting their barbecues out before Easter Sunday. How many of you have had your barbecue out? It's a fascinating ritual in English culture to get your barbecue out. You begin to talk about the barbecue and suddenly the man who's shown no culinary interest (laughs) since last summer goes, ah, barbecue, me man, I barbecue. (laughs) Uh, And he comes out of his cave, looks for that apron that's still in the corner from a year ago. And the man that says, I do barbecue, triggers a chain of events. Number one, the woman goes to the supermarket. Number two, the woman prepares the salad, the vegetables and the dessert. Number three, the woman prepares the meat on the tray and takes it to the man who is lounging beside the barbecue, (laughs) sipping his beer. The man, big cheer for the men, the man, that's absolutely, we've got to stick together, the man places the meat on the barbecue. The woman goes inside and sets the table, sorts the salad and the vegetables. Number six, the woman comes out to tell the man the meat is burning on the barbecue. (laughs) The man takes the meat off the barbecue and hands it to the woman. The woman prepares the plates and brings them to the table. After eating, the woman clears the table and does the dishes. The man asks the woman how she's enjoyed her evening off. (laughs) And upon seeing her rather annoyed face, concludes that there's just no pleasing some women. (laughs) I want to talk this morning about hitting the wall. Uh, Not just because of the marathon, although that brought it to mind. We talk about hitting the wall for long-distance runners or long-distance cyclists. When they get to a point in their journey when all their natural resources have come to an end and almost, quite literally, physically, their body shuts down. Can't go any further. Stop dead in their tracks. Overwhelming, debilitating fatigue. Loss of energy. Disorientation. Disillusionment. You can't go on. This is much deeper than my legs are hurting a bit. But that moment when your whole body protects itself by coming almost to a standstill. Quite frightening last week at 23, 24, 25 miles to see people who are running suddenly keel over in front of you. Sarah Roweth, the BBC newsreader uh, who ran the marathon last week, got to 24 miles and she said, I was doing absolutely fine and then I woke up in a St John's ambulance. Just like that. Because a body had said, I can't go on any further. I've hit the wall. It comes suddenly and unexpectedly. And everything you knew is over. For most of us, it's not something we bother with because we have no intention of running a marathon or cycling any distance of great length. But I reckon all of us here know what it's like in our lives to hit the war. Know what it's like to be journeying along, thinking you know where you are and where you're going, thinking you understand the landscape around you, and suddenly 
You're stopped in your tracks. Suddenly the circumstances change beyond your control and you hit it. And you're disorientated. And you're depleted. Sometimes it feels like you're almost destroyed. We even say in our lives, I've hit a a brick wall. When When I've come up against something and I can't figure it out, I can't find a way through, there's no way round and someone as short as me, ha ha ha, certainly can't get over it either. I've hit this wall and I I don't know what to do. Maybe that's you today. And it can happen without warning. It can happen to any of us. And if you've never experienced in your life hitting a wall, then you will. And that's not to panic you, but to prepare you. There there will come a day in ordinary living when out of a clear blue sky, sorry to mix my metaphors, you will hit the wall. It can be a job. It can be a relationship. A trauma, bad news, a loss. And many of you know what it's like to hit that kind of wall. The relationship that you'd put all your hopes in and suddenly it's over. The marriage that you believe would go on forever and suddenly it hasn't. The phone call, the tragedy, the unexpected, the illness, the loss, the death. And wham, your whole body is bruised and crushed and this gigantic wall towers in front of you. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Behind me is a wall that we built on Good Friday and it's just there to, to, to remind us. of Sometimes the wall is so impenetrable and you're running full force and your nose is up close, squashed against it. You can't see round it. It's bigger than you ever imagined. So meet a group of people that know all about hitting the wall. They hit this particular wall so hard they could barely move. Disillusioned, desperate, distraught, they could hardly begin to express what they were feeling. They locked the door. They shut the world out. They wanted to believe it wasn't happening to them. But it was so gut-wrenchingly true for them. The wall towered above them. No way round it, no way through it. The cold, rough stone of their wall, right up against their face. We've been there, and maybe some of you are there right now. Those disciples, they could do nothing in the face of their wall. They could go nowhere. They, they'd given everything. Uh, and in a few short days, literally a few hours on a Friday... They lost everything. Just days ago, they were on the winning team. They shared the applause of the crowd as their leader, the winner, headed into town. But now no win. No team. No applause. No crowd. They hit a wall of a gigantic kind. I want to invite you this morning to discover something that these disciples discovered at the bottom of their war. It was a discovery that for them would change everything and a discovery that changes everything for us too. You see, everyone who hits a wall needs to discover the one who breaks through walls. Everyone who hits the wall 
needs to know there is someone who can break through the wall that they simply cannot get through for themselves. That there is someone who is never thwarted. Someone who is never stopped in his tracks. Someone who is never desperate or distraught, but can transcend even the highest, thickest, widest wall. For whom the greatest wall is but a simple step. And to prove the point, we meet him just at the point where he has hit the most deadliest wall any man will ever know. You see, the wall that Jesus hits on Good Friday is that deadly, indiscriminate wall that shows no respect of persons. And it's the wall of our own mortality. I checked this morning. The latest statistics still hovering around 100%, the mortality rate of human beings. We will hit that wall. That's why the disciples were so distraught. Because like every human being, they knew that was the wall that no one recovers from. That's the wall you never get through, you never come back from. Jesus was dead, that's it. Over, period, finished. Until now. When Jesus, the one who had died... The one who had promised that he would come back shows himself first to Mary in that garden and then to these disciples that even though they are behind locked doors, locked walls, even though the walls are protecting them from the outside, this one, this person, this Jesus who cannot be constrained or contained by doors or walls of any kind simply appears right before them. And he says to them, look, I want you to see, I want you to see my hands and my side. I want you to know that I am the Jesus that hit the wall of death. I am the one who's hit the wall from which no one has ever recovered. No one has ever got through. No one has ever come back from. Look, see my hands and my feet. The disciples, it says, were overjoyed. Not surprisingly, it's a great moment. I guess when your car breaks down, you know what you need, don't you? No? I guess when you're hungry, you need a man with a barbecue. I guess when you're sick, you need someone who knows how to fix sick bodies. But what do you need when you face the wall that you face in your life today? What do you need when you hit the wall that every human being will hit one day? You need someone who breaks through walls. Whatever the size and shape and depth they are. And so Jesus appears to them and says, look, just to prove that I can break through any wall in your life, I've broken through the biggest, greatest wall that any human being can imagine. The wall of death itself. And he left his disciples with three thoughts that I'd just like to leave with you, Jesus, the wall breaker. He offers you his genuine presence when you stand at the foot of your wall. I don't know what it is for you this morning, but many of us here will know in our lives 
the reality of facing a wall. Maybe you stood by that wall for the last few days. Maybe you stood in front of this particular wall that's now in your mind for the last 20 or 30 years. We all need to know that Jesus, the wall breaker, offers us at the foot of our walls his genuine presence. Don't underestimate the difference his presence will make to you at the foot of your wall. I'll try not to bore you with the marathon anecdotes and metaphors too much. But the truth is that last Sunday could not have been done alone. Last Sunday would never have been achieved if it wasn't for all kinds of families and friends months and months ago encouraging and energising people. I would not have been there last Sunday if Kerry hadn't encouraged and empowered me to train and so on and so forth. So for months it involved a whole group of people. And then on the day last Sunday, the truth is, Many of us last Sunday could not have done it if it wasn't for what? If it wasn't for the, the crowds that were cheering you on. You keep going if it wasn't for the knowledge that at the next mile there'll be someone that you know that loves you calling out your name. The runners themselves applauding and congratulating one another. It was the runners' encouragement that made the difference. So, did the physical presence of all of these people actually physically change anything? No, it was still 26 miles, 385 yards. You still had to put your own foot in front of the other. You still had to go all the full distance. Their presence didn't change anything. Or did it? Or did the power of simply not being alone enable people to do something that they never would have achieved if they were all by themselves? Because we were created for each other. All over the world there are people up against walls today. And when it's over, they will say the world over, if it wasn't for my wife, if it wasn't for my husband, if it wasn't that friend, if it wasn't for them, I would not have made it through. Did those people change the circumstances? No. Did those people find a way through the impenetrable wall, actually? No. Did they alter any of the facts? No. They were just there. Something so small, yet so big. Something that changed nothing, but in fact, changed everything. They were there. If that is the difference a fellow human being can make, simply by being there in their lives, imagine the difference that the risen Jesus can make, simply by being there with you, here at the foot of your wall. It seems so big, but Jesus came back from the to tell you, you are not on your own. You're not on your own. And so he stood among them. And it changed everything. Remember Mary's experience there in the garden. Jesus had totally transformed her life. She owed him everything 
But now he was gone. She had hit a wall bigger than she had ever imagined. She had never foreseen this Jesus that she loved that one day would be gone out of her life seemingly forever. She can't keep away. So restless at night, she gets up early in the morning and she makes her way towards the grave. And she's there weeping in the garden. What do we read? Jesus comes to her. Jesus stands with her. And then something truly beautiful. He calls her name. And we missed it in our English translation. But in the original Greek, all the words of John's Gospel are in Greek, at least most of them. But that word Mary is written in the original Aramaic. This is personal. This is close. This is real. And that's the God that we know who comes to us at the foot of our walls and he's real and he's close and he's there. Doesn't matter how big your wall is. It doesn't matter where you've been stopped in your tracks, in some Middle Eastern garden or in a UK town. The risen Jesus comes and whispers your name. Have you seen him at the foot of your wall? Have you heard his whisper as your nose is pressed hard against the cold stone of your particular wall? Have you looked? Have you listened? I promise you that if you look and if you listen, you will see him and you will hear him. And what comes is the very next thing that Jesus said. Peace be with you. You see, Jesus the wall breaker offers his genuine presence, but he also offers us his great peace. And I don't know whether you know much about the history of Christianity. When you go through the history books and you look at the way God's moved through his church, there are some mighty miracles that we could talk of today. And you would expect, wouldn't you, that a faith that began with a man who was dead now alive again, that there would be some mighty things to talk about. And there have been some mighty revivals and some mighty healings and some mighty moves of God sweeping across nations and around the world. Even the dead sometimes have come back to life only to die again, albeit. And we could tell stories until the end of the day, but I reckon one of the greatest miracles of Christianity, greater probably than all of those miraculous things that we could talk about from now until the end of the day, the greatest miracles is the peace that people have known when the circumstances make no sense for that peace. Anyone know what I'm talking about? When you're up against a wall and there is absolutely no reason on earth why you should be at peace in yourself. Absolutely no reason on earth why you should in any way be able to relax even the muscles in your body. You've known a Jesus who's there and you've heard him whisper your name and you've known a peace that you cannot begin to describe. Dietrich Bonhoeffer the German who was in America and went back to Nazi Germany to stand with his people, on the eve of his own execution, wrote these now famous words, by gracious powers, so wonderfully sheltered. 
and confidently waiting, come what may. We know that God is with us right here, smack bang up against this massive wall. He's with us night and morning and never fails to meet us each new day. But there's more. Thirdly, Jesus the wall breaker offers his great, his greater purpose. You see, for those disciples, the wall had, had stopped everything. Stopped them in their tracks. They'd left their jobs and their lives behind. They thought they were on a new team. They thought they were part of a new mission. But as suddenly as it had begun, now it seemed to be over. That's how it felt, for sure. That's how it looked. But they were wrong. As the Father has sent me, so now I'm sending you. Instead of the disciples just going with him, being alongside him, instead of just helping him, they were now going to go for him. Their mission, in fact, not over, but in reality, only just beginning. They thought they had been stopped dead in their tracks, but in fact they were to be catapulted into a new dimension altogether. This can be really hard sometimes, I think, for us to understand. Maybe you're right up against your wall this morning, and your wall is towering over you. God's greater purpose is never thwarted in your life, however big your war. Can you believe that this morning? It's a hard thing to hold on to. Doesn't matter how big your wall is, how thick the bricks, how long you stood there. The risen Jesus came back to tell those disciples that his purpose for them had not been stopped. And neither has it for you. You see, your wall can be ugly and painful. Your wall can have produced tears, many sleepless nights, many days of heartache. You need to know that God feels all of that pain. The God that we're talking about is the one that died on the cross, who felt everything that we feel. The Jesus we are talking about is the one that that stood outside the grave of his friend and he wept openly for the pain of it all. God knows how you feel. But it's this God who knows the pain and the heartache, who came back out of the greatest pit, who broke through the biggest wall to say to you there is nothing in your life that can thwart God's greater purpose. Even the wall of death was not big enough to hold him. We began our Easter journey on Monday, Thursday at lunchtime when we shared communion together and and a meal with some folk. And the first few verses that I read at the beginning of that journey four days ago was from the most famous psalm in the whole of the Bible, Psalm 23. "The, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. It's a psalm that people turn to the world over, especially when they find themselves up against a wall. 
And the reason people turn to that psalm over and over again is because that psalm reminds us that if we allow the good shepherd to lead us, what you thought was a wall turns out to be just a valley. What you thought was a full stop turns out to be just a path you walk through. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. And somehow in the midst of this wall, a path gets created. Amazingly. And where we thought there was no way through, it was too high, it was too thick. As we stand with the shepherd, and as we hear him whispering our name, Suddenly there's a path where we thought there was no path. A way through where we thought there was no way. A future where we thought the future had died. And slowly but surely, as we stand there with him, and as we know his peace, and we rest in his presence, the Bible talks about waiting, and having your strength renewed, A path opens up that you never knew was there. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. Your presence with me makes all the difference. Even at the foot of the wall, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so what can I expect? What future can I anticipate even though I've been right up against this wall? Well, David says it's like this, you see, because God is bigger than the biggest wall, you can expect goodness and mercy and love to chase after you, to race after you literally all the days of your life and to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Cool or what? I want to talk about one wall, though, as we come to a a close this morning. It's a wall that every one of us has already hit. We might not understand or feel that that's what's happened, but the evidence of it is all around us. You see, the Bible talks about a dividing wall. A great big wall. We had the Berlin Wall and the Wall of China and, uh, and the walls around Israel and Palestine. Walls that are there to divide. There is, says the Bible, a great big wall that divides. A great big wall that humanity has hit. The Bible says that God is perfect and we've turned our back on Him. We've gone our own way. And no one here will be unaware of how easy it is for a wall to grow, to be built between two human beings. Is it just me? Or has that ever happened to you? That almost out of nowhere, if you're not careful, a little wall starts to be built. And if you're not looking out for it before you know it, there is this huge wall between someone perhaps you love with all your heart, and suddenly the wall is there. How did that wall get there? We weren't paying attention. So we understand how easy it is for walls to grow between people. So can you begin to imagine that if God is pure and holy, and we've turned our back on him and gone our own way, imagine how easy it is for a big, massive wall to grow between us. Yeah? Hello? Anyone here? 
tracking, yeah? Big. So easy. And we live with this ginormous wall that separates us from God. That's why it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you go. In the end, it doesn't matter what you do. Life doesn't seem quite right. Something's missing. Something just doesn't quite fit into place. Because there's this wall that was never meant to be there. The message of Easter is that Jesus the wall breaker smashed the wall we all face. And so Paul would write, trying to make sense of it all, these verses that I leave with you. Remember that at that time you were separated from Christ. There's this big wall. And what's it like to be separated from Christ? Well, there's not many words, but they're very, very direct. It's to live without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far a big wall, once far away, have been brought near through the blood of Christ. Why? How? For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. The death and resurrection has smashed through it all. You can live the whole of your life without him. And if your life is going absolutely peachy this morning, well, blessings on your head. But for everyone I know, they've crashed into a wall from time to time. For everyone I know, when they sit in their chair at night and they sip their horlicks, that's how old I am. There's something more. There's something missing. It's like something isn't quite right. They're living under the shadow of this great wall. I invite you today to come out from under the shadow because Jesus has smashed through the wall that divides.